Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today it's happening. It's time for Super Senior Prom. We're talking about Prom Night 5, which is just called Prom Night, Prom Night 2008. Oh, I've missed you. Fifth movie in the Prom Night series. And I'm joined by our Prom Night correspondent, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Ryan. Are you, though? Uh, we're through Prom Night, so... I- you know, going forward, I'm going to be doing good. I mean, that's true. Uh, we're done with the series. We just watched the fifth one, um, which is what started this whole madness. Yeah, to uh, catch any listeners who uh, might not be aware, up to up to speed here, uh, I originally requested Prom Night way back in who knows when, because this is what I believe, as far as I can remember, to be the first horror movie that I ever watched. 2008. Would have been eighth grade, Josh. Yep. Obviously, I wasn't very cultured in high school, or not nope. high school, middle Still school. Aren't. Middle school. Still aren't. So, one of the first horror movies I uh, had ever seen. Uh, it was either this or Final Destination 3. I don't remember. Wait, sure. <laughs> Both classics. Uh, yes. So, does it hold up to your uh, middle school recollections? You know, I remember uh, sitting on a couch watching this with a few friends, and uh, this is definitely not something that I chose. Uh, I was definitely forced into watching this. Um <laughs> And I remember it really spooking me. It was uh, nice and scary because obviously I wasn't used to a movie like this. Sure. And, you know, it does not hold up. (laughs) So uh, how many stars would you give it? Ooh, stars. Let's see. I think that I would give it out of 10. I think I'd give this a three. Okay, a three. Yep. I would give it a two out of 10. This movie is awful. So I think we can all safely agree this is the worst prom night movie. <laughs> I was going to say, a three doesn't mean that I think it's good by yeah. any means. Um, a two for me means it's an awful movie. Like, I look at, I look back at the ones and the twos that I have been a part of on this podcast, yes. and I just can't put it down at that level. Because this isn't, like, a horrifically bad movie. It's just dumb. Boring and stupid and dumb. Boring. Bad decisions. Things that don't make sense. Yep. Like, choices that were made that... Very few people would ever make. Yes. So and I, I found myself throwing my hands up in the air on multiple occasions, putting my head into my hands on multiple occasions. And that doesn't make it like uh, one or two necessarily as a bad movie. I'd put, I'd put this in the three slash four range, but I also had other prom night movies that we've covered that made fours that are better than this. Yes. So I can't put it at a four. Absolutely not. Uh, but I, this is the worst prom night movie. Yeah, and I was not expecting it. Yep, wild. Yeah, no, this movie sucks. The best part is the song that plays over the end credits, which is a banger. <laughs> which is no prom night. Uh, it's not prom night. There's no prom night uh, song. Everything is not all right. <laughs> uh, the only things I like about this movie, I think the killer is pretty creepy. And I kind of like how he just like kills people in the same two rooms over and over again. I think that's kind of funny. And that's it. I think the rest of the movie just blows. Yeah, that's, that is kind of a, li- a little comical. I don't know. The killer seemed kind of whatever yeah to me it, it's weird how obvious they make it the entire time oh, and it's just so upfront and this is a straightforward slasher you know yep. who the killer is the entire time no mystery no suspense like the only suspense is when they're trying to jump scare or fake jump scare you which is constantly the yep. entire movie other than that the, the i'd like the lead cop you, well, you, it's Elba. Yeah. It's Idris Elba. It's he's a, pretty good. He's likable. His character sucks, but it's Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. You like him. He does a good job. <laughs> Except for my dad. My, my dad has always held a grudge against Idris Elba for how mean he is to Jim on The Office. <laughs> so he's like, how can you be mean to Jim? So ever since then, <laughs> I'll be like... Every single movie now? <laughs> every time I bring up a movie, I'm like, oh yeah, it's got Idris Elba. It's really good. And he's like, I can't watch it. He was mean to Jim. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's Prom Night 5. This is, I think it's a big fat do not recommend from us. <laughs> Two thumbs way down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, no matter how terrible they are. So we're going to be going through the plot of Prom Night 2008, beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our current list of 60 rules, which you can check out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. 
Also, spoiler alert for Prom Night 2008. <laughs> Even though there's, like, nothing to spoil there's here. No, yeah, there's there's a very obvious killer who you find out about within instantly. the... Instantly. Instantly. There's um, no twist. And, yeah, I guess, spoiler alert, but, like, as in any typical horror movie, people die. Yeah, that's the only a spoil. A majority of the main group of people die. There you go. Congrats. And we don't care about any of them. Lead person makes it out. Like, Shocker. Like they always do. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. We gave we warned you. We gave you a spoiler alert. All right, Josh, ready to jump into this pile of trash? Ah, let's do it. All right, let's get into the plot of Prom Night 2008. Uh, by the way, this movie has nothing to do with any of the other ones. We haven't made that clear. No, yet. and it's not even close. Which is fine. I mean. Not even, not even thematically. Not even thematically. I don't even know if it takes place at the same high school. I don't think so. I think they changed the name because it's been Hamilton High every time. And this time I think it's Bridgeport High. At least yeah. keep the name, you fucks. Not the same town, not the same location, nothing. Literally nothing. Barely which, a prom Which is movie. fine. Like, it's fine. It's fine if they would have done that the entire series, but they tried to connect the first four all together. A kind, little bit. Kind Just of. with like, the same high school every time, which yeah. is kind of funny. It makes no sense, but that's fine. Whatever. So the movie begins with Donna, a high school freshman, getting dropped off at home. Uh, Donna is our main protagonist. She's played by Brittany Snow, best known for Pitch Perfect, but she's also in a couple of other horror movies. Um, she was just an ex this year, which is great. Probably my favorite horror movie of the year so far. And then she was also the lead in uh, a really disturbing horror movie called Would You Rather, which sounds like a, a generic, you know, what was it, Truth or Dare came out a couple years ago. Yeah. It looks really stupid and it was very stupid. Would You Rather is not stupid. It's pretty horrific. Um, oh. Yeah. Like, like what? Uh, was it? recent or uh i want to say that was like 2011 so a little bit after this yeah a little movie. bit after this not a ton of people have seen that one it's a, definitely a smaller 2012 definitely a smaller horror movie um oh if it's 2012 that was like right at the same time as pitch perfect oh she also executive produced that movie too she executive oh. produced would you rather that's kind of cool good for her but that's a very disturbing movie with yeah. a great cast I love Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow is wonderful. I love her and everything she does. She's fine here. She's fine. Like, Not her fault, but she's she exists. She did what she could with what she had. So Donna's been having some trouble. Um, basically, the backstory here is her biology teacher, Richard Fenton, became obsessed with her. He ended up getting fired, and they got a restraining order against him. So they've been going through some shit. So she went out to a night at the movies with her best friend, Lisa. Lisa is a girl. And that is her character. She yep. wants to be prom queen. Yep. I, I, there's nothing else. I think she's a cheerleader, maybe. Yeah, I think that's, they, they mentioned that once. <laughs> anyway, so Donna gets home from the movies, and she walks into her house, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't notice her dad is dead by the couch. Her dad has been murdered. And she goes upstairs. Her brother, She finds her brother dead in his bedroom. All right, Donna, rule number one, you're in a horror movie, and I think you can guess what happened. Yep. And this is like a little brother. They killed off a kid pretty early. Yeah, this... Uh, so... I'm I'm only going to say this once, basically, uh, just because it's going to get really repetitive otherwise. I remember nothing from this movie. Sure. I thought I was going to remember a little bit, but not only did I not remember things, but I also, I, I, re I remembered things incorrectly. <laughs> That's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. Like, I thought I remembered some people dying who didn't actually die and vice versa. I don't remember this opening scene or the premise of this movie even. I thought it was... I don't know, maybe like uh, like a boyfriend killer or someone sure. in your in your prom group ends up being a killer or something like that. I had no idea what this was, but yeah, seeing that seeing that kid right away at the beginning, it's like, oh damn, okay, yeah. you know, respect. Yeah, <laughs> and that's about all the respect I got. Yeah. So he, she hears noises coming from the house, and so she hides under the bed. Her teacher, Mister Fenton, is here attacking her mom, trying to figure out where Donna is, and they fall on the ground, and she sees that Donna's hiding under the bed. And so she's like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Donna's at a sleepover, so she's not here. Cool, you can go somewhere else and look for her. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, Fenton stabs her to death. Uh, protects her daughter the best she can. Not much these people could have done. No, literally nothing they could have done here because he was going to kill you either way. Yeah. Because uh, his main motivation, as Ryan said, was to be with Donna. Yeah. And the only way to do that, in his eyes, is to kill the family that she's with. Yep, that, that is his plan. He wants to wipe out everyone in her life. Until she's got no choice but to go to him. There, when after he gets arrested and interviewed, that's that's kind of his motivation. So, and then this is actually like a dream sequence. So this is where it gets a little funky because we hear police sirens, and she goes outside to like wave the police down. But Fenton's right there and stabs her, which obviously didn't happen. So we don't exactly know where the nightmare ends and reality begins. So we'll we'll just move on from this. Yeah, we know that she makes it out. Uh, yep. 
I'm just going to assume that she stayed underneath the bed until the dude left. Sure. That would be probably the right call. Hang tight for a bit. Yeah. If you're committed to staying, I don't I don't know how much I recommend staying underneath a bed just because that just seems like a dangerous place to be easily trapped. Yep. It's better than a closet. Better than a closet because there's at least, there's probably, most likely there's going to be three ways out from under the bed. At least you have some space. Yeah, but... You know, I've always I've always wondered why people go up for the bed instead of out the window. Yes. Uh, to be fair, she had like a split second. True. This first time. you got to make that decision so fast. What is interesting in this movie, she's going to hide under the bed twice. Both end up being fairly effective. Hiding in the closet does not work. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not surprised. So that's, that is kind of interesting. Anyway, we cut to three years later. Donna's been in therapy to try and get over this. Her shrink is played by Ming-Na Wen, who is uh, known for her role on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's an absolute badass. I'm one of the leads on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which no, is kind of I never cool. saw it. Great show. Highly recommend the show. She's barely in this movie, though. So it's prom night. Everything is all right. Everything is all right. For um, now. Basically, Fenton was caught. Uh, he was put in a mental institution. He was ruled insane, so he's been in a mental institution ever since. Which the cops didn't like. Cops didn't like. They, they wanted him to be put away for life. Right. But whatever. He's away. It's fine and dandy. Nothing could possibly go wrong. It, it's prom night. Everyone's really excited. Big moment. Senior prom. It's been three years. So we have Donna, Lisa, and their friend Claire, who also has no personality. They no. exist. The entire surrounding group here, like everybody, even the boyfriend, yep. is just a big old nobody. Bland. There's no personality to any of them then that's probably the biggest fault of the movie. I'd say that yeah. that's the worst part of the movie is the characters suck. Um, so they're getting their hair done. And for a moment, Donna thinks she sees Mr. Fenton outside across the street, but then a bus passes and he's gone. Maybe it was him, maybe it wasn't. But an important thing that hasn't been revealed yet is Donna stopped taking her medication. I think they're anti-anxiety medications because they make her feel numb. And she wants to be able to enjoy prom. So she hasn't been taking them for like a week. Uh, in a way, this is Rule 46, proper wound management. Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, it's just a flesh wound. Uh, a mental wound. <laughs> but in all honesty, this is more of a Rule 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I, it's a Yeah, it's a play stupid games, win su- stupid prizes. I get that it's a mental wound. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like... I'm not saying that there should be a new rule or no. something like this, but like a new emphasis on like Take your essentially just don't fuck with medication. Don't fuck with medication. Like you- taking it, not taking it, taking too much, taking someone else's. I don't know. There, there's a laundry list of things to not fuck with medicine. On. Do as the doctor ordered. If you don't like this medication, talk to your doctor and change the medication. Go do all medical related things with your doctor. Mm-hmm. I am on anti-anxiety medication. I've been for years. It's been great for me. I have forgotten to take it a couple of times. I went like a two or three. You know, I think I forgot it at home or forgot it and I went to visit my family. So I went without it for like three days. Dude, it got weird. My brain started giving me like electrical shocks because I was hmm. like, it just, it was. Stuff's just not clicking stuff the same way. Stuff stopped clicking and it bonkers, bizarre. And so this is going to put her in a position and they don't really do much with it, but like. Maybe she would have been more on her guard. You know, she's going to think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm anxious, but it's just my uh, my pills. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm off my pills. No, nothing bad is happening. It just puts you in a more vulnerable state. Yeah, she's borderline paranoid right now. Yep. You know, it, it's not directly pointed to in the movie at being because of the medication, but it's mentioned for a reason. Yep. You know, the movie doesn't do a great job at, you know, spelling things out for us The movie doesn't much. do a great job. <laughs> period. Period. <laughs> End of sentence. So Donna is living with her aunt and uncle. Uh, her uncle's actually played by Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Oh. Mortal Kombat. Oh. <laughs> and her aunt gives her a shawl that belonged to her mother to wear to prom as well. This stupid fucking shawl, man. The, the, I think the thing that makes me most angry about this movie is the storyline involving this shawl. <laughs> I, I almost rage quit watching this. We'll get to that. But, you know, so she's got a shawl. Cool. Great. I'll try not to get anything on it. That's what, that's what she says. Yep. Did I wonder, did she get blood on it? No. No? I didn't. was waiting the entire movie for that callback because I said when she gave it to her at the beginning, it's like, it's set for blood. <laughs> and then I was just waiting and I, I, at least I never saw it. Yep. That's the important thing is the shawl didn't get any blood The shawl's on. okay. Thank the shawl's God. okay. Ugh. Anyway, she's going to go to prom. We meet her boyfriend, Bobby, who's a big old boring White milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he seems nice. I have nothing else to say about Bobby. 
Going to a good old local college. Going to state. And, yep. Doing <laughs> his thing. So they pick her up and they're going in the limo. So here are couples. Like I said, we have Donna and Bobby. Her best friend, Lisa. Lisa's dating a guy named Ronnie. Seems nice. Seems nice. Yeah. I, I think I think he's a starting quarterback. Oh, yeah. He, he was he was on the football so, team. Someone mentioned that. that so good for him, I guess. He's a good football player. And then we have the aforementioned Claire and her boyfriend, Michael. Michael's the only one with a shred of personality. He's a huge douche. <laughs> yeah. So at least there's that. Yeah, we have Michael the douche. Classic Michael. Classic Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, so prom is going to be at a hotel. It's going to be great. They've rented a suite together. This is a badass prom. Like, Pretty badass prom. Say what you want about the movie, but the prom looks badass. The prom looks really cool. They don't spend nearly enough time at the prom because no, no. they keep going up to their rooms for stupid reasons. Just just dance and then go to go to their rooms. You later. need to have some like girl time. Do it in the hallway. Yeah, like go to the right outside quick. the dance floor. Like, damn, this prom's badass. Or yeah, you can go to the bathroom not in your hotel room, yep. three floors up. Stupid. So Detective Nash and Detective Wynn are, are those are our main cops. This movie, Detective Wynn, is played by Idris Elba, and he's kind of the the senior veteran cop who worked this case three years ago. With Detective Nash being the rookie cop. Who's definitely going to live. <laughs> I mean, Detective, you know, Edris Elba and uh, Detective Nash is played by James Ransone, who is in the Sinister movies. And he's also in uh, It Part 2 hmm. of the, the new It series. He's, he's one of, you know, the kids come back as an adult and he's one of the adults in the new gotcha, It movies. Okay. So he's been in a few horror movies. They are cops. Yeah. See, this is another just thing that I had too high of expectations for with the movie is that I was just expecting something to happen here where, like, I don't know, the... This rookie cop seemed a little suspicious for some reason, but I think he was literally just because he was either not a great actor or he was just a rookie and they just didn't give him a whole lot. And like, he just made him seem suspicious. I'm like, oh, is he going to like let this guy kind of like into the hotel or out of the hotel or any? No, literally none nothing. Of that. There's nothing for these characters to work with. No. And James Ransone is a good actor. I like him a lot okay. and stuff. Oh, he was recently in The Black Phone that came out this summer, too. Wasn't very good in that, I will say. But I, I, I don't think that was his fault. I think that was the director's fault. But yeah, same thing. I, I don't blame any of the actors for this movie. I think it's all the direction. Yeah. Who directed this movie? <laughs> Who wrote it, too? Uh, well, directed by Nelson McCormick. Related to oh, Kenny no. McCormick. The only other film he's done is 2009 horror film The Stepfather remake. Oh, I, I saw that one, too. Yeah, I did, too. I don't remember liking it very much. Oh, really? I I don't remember. Oh. I won't request it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I think there's three of those. Oh, no. So you do, do I'm going to make this pick this original film from the 2000s. By the way, there's By like the five way. other ones. <laughs> Said no one ever because it's a lie. <laughs> so they get a report three days ago. Mr. Fenton killed an inmate and escaped the, the uh, mental facility, the maximum security facility it was all that. I got no rules for the inmate that he killed, but like he just climbed up to the air vents and escaped. So I don't know who is in charge of this building, but rule number three, do your damn job. <laughs> Random facility managers. What, what are you doing? <laughs> air vents. Have we not seen Mission Impossible <laughs> or Die Hard? Air vents are a means of escape. Fix it. <laughs> And it took three days. Yeah, and then they didn't tell the town where he was from and stalked and murdered a bunch of people for three days. Maybe let them know right away, you know. This is a same day thing. You know, it's like Halloween all over again. Michael Myers escapes. Like, oh, he's not going to go to Haddonfield. No, I'm pretty sure he's going to go to Haddonfield. <laughs> out of all the places he could go, why would he go to Haddonfield? I wonder why. <laughs> so if a deranged lunatic escapes, yeah, he could be going home. He could not be going home. I will play both cards. You send some people to check out the hometown, and then you send some people to work the case starting at the facility. Great. You work the case from both ends, and you catch them easier. No one dies. What was it? In uh, Prom Night, I forget, one or two or whatever it was, there was some dude on the loose, and I think that went nowhere. It went nowhere. Uh, completely and, unrelated. Uh, completely unrelated, uh, which, we, which, which we mentioned, but they did a good job at yep, this. They so, did a like, good job. Do that. Do, watch Prom Night 1. Watch Prom Night <laughs> Maybe these two movies are linked. Uh, you know, and I think Randy Meeks says that in Scream, in the famous DVD store, or the video store scene. He's like, if they if the if the police watched Prom Night, they'd save time. There's a simple formula to it. Oh. So I think we're quoting Randy here. Damn right. <laughs> so Donna's group, they arrive at Prom. Mr. Fenton has arrived too, and he's in disguise. He, he is playing someone named Harold Ramsey. Uh, some random dude he killed. And he yeah, was, he already killed him. He, like, buzzed his hair. He looks a little different now. 
um, and he's checking in under this name. Yep. Uh, so we're three years later. So I mean, like, eh, he basically like should look the same as yep. his photo, but any photos that you see of him, he has a beard and long hair. Which he's got stubble and a buzz cut, basically. Yep. Which is interesting because I don't remember if they showed like any like anything from at the mental facility or anything like that. If briefly, he, if he was buzzed at that yeah, point, yeah, I don't remember. Or if he buzzed it after he got out. Don't know. That'd be kind of important to know. That would be important to know. But the mugshots, all of him with long hair, somebody yep. recognizes this guy. Yeah, that that seems accurate. That's, mm-hmm. that's fair enough. So Fenton he overhears which floor Donna's group is staying on. So he gets a room on the exact same floor. And Donna, Claire, and Lisa, they're going to go up to the room. Fenton's in the elevator with them, but there's a bunch of people in the elevator, so they don't notice him. So bunch he, of weird old creepy guys. Yeah, creep hitting on uh, high school students. That's, yeah. that's nice. That's a great sign. <laughs> so he, he, he could scope out. He figures out oh, well, which room is theirs. He goes to his room, and he realizes to, to effectively operate in this hotel, he is going to need a uh, master key, basically. So he damages his own key card and calls the maid over like, hey, I can't get into my room. She's like, oh, okay, I'll let you into your room. He's like, also, can I get some extra towels? Sure, I'll bring you some extra towels. Brings him in, and he kills her. What a nice old, like, not not old, but nice maid. Yeah, just doing her job. Yeah. And that, she, she had no chance. No. Makes me sad. Just providing good service. Yep. Doing her job, but ugh, it sucks. All she was looking for was just a nice little tip. Yep. And she got the tip of a knife. Yes. <laughs> so I got no rule violations for the maid. No. Womp womp. Womp womp, indeed. So Detective when he goes and informs Jack and Karen what's going on, he's going to pro- put a protective detail on the house, and he's going to go over to the hotel um, where the prom is happening. They decide not to pull Donna from prom and put her into protective custody because this could be this could do undo all the therapy she's gone through so far. If if they catch him like three states away and he wasn't coming after her, well then they just did they undid a ton of therapy for nothing. Okay. That's that makes sense. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. You probably should still pull her. It's, it's probably the safer thing to do. You know, I so because of how boring this movie yes. was, I, I actually thought about this for a while because this, I, th- I think this is one of the biggest dilemmas of the movie yep. that you might be faced with, especially when we're analyzing the decision making in the movie. I think that this was the right approach. Sure. Just because she's obviously still being affected by this. Now, we mentioned the medication that could be potentially causing that a little bit more. But just assume that she would stay on her medication. It seems like she's, from the sounds of it, she's been functioning perfectly fine. Yeah. So I completely get not wanting to screw that up. Things are starting to go a little bit better. She's going to be going to college soon. So that's really important, too, Yeah. Uh, to be just like you know, level-headed uh, going into that new type of situation. So I'm fine with it as long as you always have a pair of eyes on her. Yes. I don't care if she's on the dance floor, if she's going to the bathroom, if she's going up to her room, have someone else there. Which they uh, don't do. Which they don't do. Bring a female cop on so that yep. she can also be in the bathroom or somewhere else. Yep. Um, they're going to have some plainclothes officers there, yep. but there are going to be times where Donna is alone. Um, so they really screw the pooch on this one. So I'm not going to fault them for going this route because, like, at least it makes sense. There's some logic to it. Probably maybe should have pulled her, but, like, I'm, I'm going to let this one go because it's a tough call, really tough call. Um, if you're going for just completely on survival, yeah. you pull her. Yeah. I, I do get that. But, you know, there is there is logic to this decision, unlike everything else in the movie. But then they need to rule two constant vigilance on Donna and rule number three, do your damn job. So mm-hmm. big failure on the cops in this mm-hmm. movie in general. I also I also uh, made a note that the do your damn job, and this will come up one other time, should also apply to the aunt and uncle. Because yep. they're kind of her protectors. Yep, they're her guardians, yes. Guardians, and... It seems like they are just kind of like following the lead of the police. Yep. And it's like, if you think that you should be doing something else, do it. Sure. You know, if, if you want to go along with it, sure. But like, if you feel strongly in a certain direction, like do your job yep. of protecting her. Exactly. It's just like parents. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. Gar- literally guardians. Literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so Claire and Michael, they get into a big dumb fight about something. And Claire's also having like period cramps or something like that. So Don offers to go get some medication. Um, might all I think up in the hotel room so she's gonna go up and get that and Fenton is following her this whole time so Donna goes up to the suite she hears a noise can't find anybody she doesn't look that hard but you know yeah. Fenton is in the suite he has gotten inside Claire comes up because they had another fight Michael's just being a douche 
And Donna goes back downstairs while Claire's just going to take a few minutes to, like, gather herself together. And Fenton comes in and kills Claire. Womp womp. I got nothing for Claire. No. She did nothing wrong. She's got a little stab, stab, stab. And she's dead. Yep. That, that's that's it. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's interesting how this movie is shot, too. Um, yep. The way that it's almost like it's almost like Fenton, the killer, is the main character. Like, yeah. He's it, got the most agency in the movie. There's a lot of focus on Donna, obviously, yep. but it seems like so much is focused on him, like almost more than her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's certainly more interesting than Donna, <laughs> and he hardly says anything. Yeah. So Win finally gets to the prom, calls in the plainclothes officers. He goes to the front desk and he's like, "Hey, Mister Guy at the front desk, have you seen this man? No. Okay. Can I have a floor plan of all the exits in your hotel?" Sure, here you go. Detective, sir, should I be worried? Nah, you don't need to worry. Be worried. Be worried. Mr. Reception Man, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. That's enough for me. Do you recognize this random mugshot guy? No? Okay, bye. (laughs) Uh, That is enough for me. Uh, I think he knows. He's only in like one more scene, but I think he does know he's in a horror movie. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't like really do much with it, uh, but you know, he doesn't do anything stupid. No, no. Maybe because he knows. So then we get character development attempt. Donna got into Brown on a full scholarship, but she's thinking about going to state to be with Bobby. You can find someone so much more interesting than Bobby. <laughs> but Bobby's like, no, you got to go to Brown. Oh, okay. And that's the scene. <laughs> I want to have a nice college experience without you. He doesn't actually say this, but... <laughs> but Donna mentions, she's like, I feel like my whole life is falling apart. It's like, Maybe you should take your medication. <laughs> Say, literally nothing is wrong with your life right now. It's about to be. It's about to be. Very close. <laughs> but, but you're you're at prom, you're finishing off high school, you're going to Brown. a good college on a full-ride scholarship. It's the exact opposite of your life falling apart. Take your medication. This is the beginning. That's what it's for. God damn it. <laughs> so Michael's going to go up to the room to check on Claire. Finds the bathroom door locked. He's drinking, by the way. <laughs> He's stuck in a flask. So the door opens to the bathroom. He goes in to check it out. There's nothing in there. He sees someone hide in the closet. Okay, maybe Claire's playing a sexy time game. He opens the closet. Nope, it's Mr. Fenton. And he stabs <laughs> Michael to death. That is not a sexy time game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could be, I guess. Stab, stab, stab. Not for Michael. <laughs> Wrong kind of stabbing. Someone got penetrated. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so that's the end of Michael. I, you know, I got nothing from Michael. <laughs> no. You know, I guess if you wanted to stretch rule four, don't be a menace. If he wasn't a dick bag, he wouldn't have been up in the whole hotel room trying to patch things up with Claire. You'd been down at prom having a good time. So rule yeah. four, don't be a menace. Yep. So I think one of the friends said that their fight was related to him being mad at Claire for, because he thinks that she only wants to go to college to hook up with random guys. Yeah. He's being like a jealous prick. It's a douche. High school relationships, man. They never work. They never work. Even though, like, <laughs> Derek and Sarah. Oh, yeah. One of our best friends, Derek, is married to his high school <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> Which is really weird to say out loud, because, like, do you think of Derek and Sarah as sweethearts? They spend more time, like, roasting each other. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> I just assume they met in college. <laughs> Even though they went to the same high school. Everything before they met us doesn't matter. No, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like different people. Yeah. We're briefly introduced. Okay, so there's they don't matter hardly at all, but there's mean girl Chrissy who's running the prom. She thinks she's a shoo-in for prom queen because she's the rich girl. And her boyfriend, Rick, they have almost no relevance to the story. Rick matters exactly for one second. But Rick, Rick is played by Kellen Lutz, who is in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He's the first person to die in the diner in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh. Yep, so that's Kellen Lutz. Okay. Yep. I love all of these random crossovers. Yeah, there's a couple more. There's another, there's another fun one coming Ooh. up. There, there's one, right. I, I think it's just one more. There's one more really like f- wild one that hmm. actually uh, might blow your mind a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, stay tuned. It's <laughs> that, That's what we call a tease yep. here on the Prom Night 2008 <laughs> podcast. Yeah, you need something to keep you entertained here, folks. But they get into a dumb argument. It's just to set up that these characters exist. Because Rick, Rick technically, I guess, matters overall. Yeah, there's some giant tension with who's going to be prom queen. Oh, my God. And they're all really going to care about it and show up on time. And then Detective Nash has, uh, arrives at the hotel. Front desk guy cannot get a hold of the maid. So he sends Sims, who, I don't know, he's like a concierge. Yeah. He's delivering champagne, I, I guess. That's what he is. He's like, hey, can you just like keep an eye out for the maid? Cool. Great. Sims is going to go upstairs. He sees the maid's cart. 
and he's like, uh, and he sees Mr. Fenton coming out of that room where the maid car- maid's cart is. And he's like, hey, have you seen the maid? He's like, oh, yeah, she's right here in my room. Come on in. <laughs> he's like, oh, cool. And so Sims goes into the room and immediately gets strangled to death. God damn it. <laughs> oh, womp womp. I got nothing for Sims. No, I mean. Do like, your job. Is it kind of weird that, like, this scenario is happening? Yes. But, like, anything alarming, you're, you're in a hotel. He said that she's turning down the bed, basically. And it's just like... Why, was it too loud? Nothing to see here, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Thanks. This guy's okay. very... By the way, this guy's very effective. Yeah, he's... You know, I don't like giving Randy McSpear badge to the killers. But uh, he's an option tonight because oh, we don't have many others. And, like, he's efficient, too. Yeah, he's efficient and effective. Almost Stone puts up a fight going up against him. No. Like, the only one who successfully fights him at all, really, is Donna. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll get into that. So, Ronnie and Lisa, they're going to head up to the suite, even though they've been talking, Lisa especially, has been talking this whole time about how she wants to win prom queen just to shove it in Chrissy's face. we got, like, five minutes, ten minutes till they announce that. Yeah, gonna- we're, we're, like, I don't know, an hour into the movie? Or like forty, like uh, maybe that's too far into the movie. Actually, I don't, I don't know. We're a decent chunk into the movie at this point, and like half of it has been spent talking about this prom yep. king and queen situation. Uh, ever since they walked into the hotel, they've been talking about it, and even before that, I think. And then we're crawling up to the announcement, and all of a sudden, people just leave. People who are nominees. Yep. And like. Makes no goddamn sense. Like, first of all, who cares? First of all, who cares? They care, though. But they do care. Yes. And that meant, like, it'd be fine if they just ditched and if go up to care. their room to bang because they think it's funny. It's like, ah, who cares about prom king or queen, even though it could be both of us? That totally works. That'd be, that'd be okay, whatever. But it's been established <laughs> that they, they care so much. Lisa really wants to win to rub it in Chrissy's face, basically. And so they're just going to go bang. And they know it's about to be announced, like 10 minutes, whatever. So they're going to go upstairs. On the way in the elevator, they bump into Mr. Fenton, and Lisa recognizes him, but she can't quite place him. Which is fair. Yeah. It's been three years, he and looks he looks different. So now they're about to announce prom queen queen. They, they can't get a hold of Lisa or Ronnie because Ronnie turned his cell phone off and took the phone off the hook. Why? Come on, you guys. The cops, they find the body of Harold uh, Ramsey, who's the identity Mr. Fenton stole out in the parking lot in the, the trunk of a car. Rule number one, if you didn't know already, the killer is here. Cops, you were in a horror movie. Yep. And this is where you should be pulling Donna. Yeah, pull Donna. Time to pull Donna. Stop messing around. Like, it's fine if you don't think that he's heading to town or heading to the school or anything like that. You know he's here. Stop messing around. Yep, exactly. Upstairs, Lisa and Ronnie are about to get it on. Lisa remembers who the guy is. It's Mr. Fenton. And she just sprints out of the room without really saying what's going on. Oh, boy. (laughs) Here we go. Rule number nine, be careful what you say and how you say it. Say something. Like, oh, my God. That's the killer. That's Mr. Fenton. That's who that was in the elevator. We have to help Donna. We got to get the cops. Cool. I will go with you. I am Ronnie. I will go with you, and we will do this, and we won't split up, because Lisa's going to run out of the room. Rule number 19, don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. What? And, like, the big, so, and also give a little bit more context, too. Like, the big lead-up to this, like, they're in the room. Ronnie's trying to, you know, kind of, like, put the moves on, on her, and she just keeps talking about, like, I recognize this guy, but I can't, I just can't put my finger on it. I recognize those eyes, yada, yada. And he's just getting frustrated, basically, because she keeps talking about this dude that they bumped into instead of focusing on yep. banging. And then she just realizes when they come back to this scene, just, oh, it's him. And that's all. And runs out of the room. That's all she says. Yep. Oh, my God, it's him. I got to find Donna. Who? What? And so, like, obviously, if you're Ronnie, like... You you don't know what that means. Like it it could be anyone. I would also be frustrated. Just yep. again, why are you focusing on this random guy we almost bumped into? Like old friend that you recognized? Old boyfriend? Maybe. <laughs> so like I understand that he didn't run run after her. Well, and to make things even a little more tragic, Ronnie was going to propose marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's that would go well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that would definitely end High school it. starting quarterback with the prom queen. I mean, he would he was going to be the prom king, too. Yes. Uh, um, royalty. It um, always works. Uh, I'm sure it would have gone well, but I do kind of feel bad for Ronnie because he's never going to get that closure because in his mind, he's going to think she would have said yes, mm-hmm. and it would have worked perfectly. But spoiler alert, Lisa's about to die. <laughs> yep. 
and Ronnie's gonna live. Ronnie lives. Yeah, he made it up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he was like on the fringe of the horror movie the whole time. He was never actually in it. Yeah, being shocking. In, yeah, being married in high school. <laughs> I got him. That's the real horror movie. So Lisa, she's going down the stairs. She doesn't want to wait for the elevator. And her shoe breaks. She's mm. got these high heels on. All right, time for my rant. Here we go. <laughs> Rule number 34, wear sensible footwear. I get it. We're at prom. Everyone's wearing their high heels. Cheers. Oh, my God. Cheers. No, you go to prom and you wear, like, hiking boots. And that's fine. You know what? And I'll stand up for people who want to wear heels at prom. But, you know, there, there are very obvious merits here because she knows. She knows what's going on. You know, she was... Lisa's in a horror movie. If she was on her way back from the bathroom or something like that and was just going down the stairs and tripped and fell, like I'd be like, ah, man, that sucks. You're wearing heels. You're going back to the prom. And you tripped down the stairs and then the killer finds you. But... She knows. She knows that this dude is here. She had this giant realization when you're hopping off the bed, take your shoes off. Barefoot. And just off. and just carry them if you, if you want. You, you can use them as a weapon. Or leave them behind if you really don't want to carry them around. But come on. Make Ronnie carry him. Make bring Ronnie, him with you. Bring him with you. Because Fenton's in the stairwell. You could fight him. The two of you could fight him right here, right now, and end the movie. Yeah. It's two on one. And granted, he's he got has a knife. knife. And you have heels. You got heels. Where's Ronnie has a horror? ring. <laughs> You got a ring. Never wear heels. Never ever wear heels. There's no. There's no reason for it ever, ever. <laughs> so she is going to get chased by Fenton into the. Um, they mentioned it earlier. There's a wing of the hotel that's being renovated. So the big chase for them is going to be through the under construction. Oh, area. that's right. That was briefly yeah. mentioned. So we're going to get a big chase through there. Meanwhile, Bo- they're about to announce prom queen and king. So Bobby goes off to like find everybody. Like where the fuck did everybody go? <laughs> And Ronnie just goes down there and just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, Elisa, she's running, she's hiding, but she's crying a lot. And she keeps giving away her position. So annoying. Rule 26. She is doing terrible. Like, I get it. You're being chased by a killer in an unfamiliar place mm-hmm. that has a lot of different nooks and crannies yep. in it. So I get it. You're going to be spooked. He could be literally anywhere yep. at this point. Partly because you got yourself into this construction area <laughs> i don't know why you went in here but okay no. but yeah you need to c- keep your composure here yeah. otherwise you're just you're screwed so she hits the elevator button but then has to go hide and so the elevator opens and ronnie's in there and he's like what hello <laughs> why am i down here <laughs> okay bye and fenton is right next to her when that happens so she doesn't shout out for him i think she should have shouted out for him yeah i think you would you know that the elevator is going to be open for I don't know, five seconds, ten seconds, something like that. You know where you just came from, at least. So what she could do is she could just, you know, yell and crawl out at the same time, as long as she doesn't have her heels on anymore, and start running towards the elevator. If dude starts running after you, at least it's two-on-one now. At least you have backup. Rule 12 ways for backup. It's your best chance. It's your best chance. Ronnie's going to keep on going on the wiser. She is going to trip over some stuff and alert Fenton to her position again. Paint cans. And then she's moving down, like, the hallway, looking backwards, and runs right into him. Not even looking. Rule two, constant vigilance. He slits her throat and kills her. That's the Lisa. Oh, my God. What a train wreck. Oof. Early so front much. runner for Night of the Living Early Club. front runner, yep. We, we've got some big old, you know, nothing burgers for characters yep. here. But we also have some other bad ones. But, yes, we you do. know, Lisa's not great. Lisa's bad. <laughs> Confidently can say bad. So Ronnie gets back to prom, Bobby returns, and Donna's like, okay, I'm going to go find Lisa and everybody else. Tag team. Okay, so Wynn and Nash, they go to the front desk, and they're like, hey, can we have uh, uh, the room for Harold Ramsey? And so they got, they got the room number. Nash is going to stay downstairs. Detective Wynn is going to go upstairs with another cop. At least they're not splitting up fully. Like, you know. Could have more. Could have more. I, I get it. They're going to go upstairs. This other cop, he's not named. But he is played by Andrew Fischella. And here we go. Here, here's the fun thing with Andrew Fischella. Okay. This is the third Josh Wesher movie he's been in on the podcast. He Just randomly. He was in quarantine. Uh, he was a cop in quarantine. I think he was the first cop to die in quarantine. Okay. And then he was also in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake as well. He was the inmate when Jesse got arrested and thrown into the random jail cell. Oh, and then okay. he gets killed and his, inmate, uh, his uh, uh, roommate is like, what the fuck? I didn't do it. That's also Andrew Fischella. The 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 other inmate? Yeah. Oh. yeah and he's just in the, he's just Jesse's roommate in, in the prison oh. in Nightmare on Elm Street 10, well, 2010. That's fun. And then he's also in Final Destination 4. Okay. 
And he's one of the, the, the main people in that movie. Hmm. So, yeah, they're just like three random Josh All Lester over the movies. place. I mean, the guy's in only like, a, you know, how many movies? Like ten movies total? And... <laughs> Three of them, but Josh Wessler. What's the guy's name? Andrew Fischella. Well, I guess I'm the Andrew Fischella correspondent. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we'll have to get you back on for Final Station 4. Uh, let's see. Okay, now he's in, he's been in a few movies. Let's see what else he was in. Uh, he was a guard in Triple uh, X, State of the Union. Any other horror movies? Um, oh, he was in he's in Vacancy uh, with Kate Beckinsale and Luke Wilson. That's a horror movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who he plays in that movie. He's in a movie called The Alphabet Killer, which is a thriller horror film. And that is it for horror. Hmm. Well, if you ever cover those movies on the podcast. I think Vacancy's already been reserved, unfortunately. Really? Like Jake Johnson reserved Vacancy. Damn you. But we'll be sure to mention him. There you go. Yeah, give me me a nice mention on that. Yeah, we'll mention Andrew Fischel and we'll mention Josh Wessler. Perfect. That's Um. all I need. So, yeah, he's just this random cop with one line in this movie, but he goes upstairs with uh, Detective Wynn. So this is finally where Wynn's like, all right, take Donna into protective custody. Except we can't find Donna. <laughs> We're going to spend the next 20 minutes looking for Donna because no one can find Donna. Unbelievable. Um, Meanwhile, she's just in the bathroom, I think. <laughs> so he and the other cop, they go up to Fenton's room. They find the body uh, or the protective custody, and Wynn's plan is he is going to pull the fire alarm and evacuate the building. What do we think about this? Could you just, like, lock it down instead and then, like... Well, because the reason is he doesn't want... He already knows people have been killed. Yep. He doesn't want more people being killed. Uh, You have an entire prom here, not to mention other hotel guests. Yes. And staff. So, this is interesting because setting off the alarm creates a lot of commotion and increases the likelihood that someone's going to be able to escape. Even if you have... People at every single exit. People can just, in the rush of all the people, especially if this person looks different than the photo that you gave them, that can be a little difficult. Definitely room for error. How risky is it, though, that you're going to end up having more people killed? Yeah. I think I'm with you. I think this is the the better option to save lives, but it does increase the odds that he will escape. Yes. So... You know, what is your priority? Your priority should be to save as many lives as you can and then catch the guy later. Yep. Dude, a dude has one motive. It's to get Donna yep. here. So if you, in theory, get everyone out of this building while still protecting Donna, keep all eyes on her, you should be good. Yep. You just got to get Donna. Yep. But that's NASA's job, not Wynn's job. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, you know, if you pull the fire alarm and you can't find Donna, maybe Donna will leave the building and be safety in numbers. So... Okay. Maybe maybe find Donna before you pull the alarm. <laughs> I think I've landed on I like this move. Okay. I think that's where I've landed. So we're about to announce Homecoming King and Queen, and Fire Alarm goes off. Detective Nash comes in and clears the room. And Chrissy's like, but we are about to announce Queen and King. <laughs> and as they're kicking everybody out, we, we see one of the cronies looks, and it, it, Lisa and Ronnie would have won. Lisa's dead. <laughs> Womp womp. <laughs> Queen is dead. Yeah, they basically steal the envelope from the teacher that's going to read yep. it. And the, the teacher's just like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> teacher doesn't give a shit. So Wynn's off searching for Fenton. Donna. She, she sees all this chaos happening. All right, something's going on. Maybe it's a fire, some sort of emergency. Everyone is clearing out of the building. She even stops and asks Rick who's, I guess, a character. Like, hey, what's Chr- going Chrissy's on? Chrissy's boyfriend. Chrissy's boyfriend. He, and he, to be fair, he seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. like, put up with her shit. He, he kind of seems like he should be a douche, but when in his, like, two lines that he has in the movie, it's like, you know what, same. Yeah. <laughs> same dude. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, ah, we're all, we're all going outside. And she's like, all right, I have to go upstairs to get my mother's shawl that I left up in the room. Will you tell Bobby... Where I went, if you see him. He's like, yeah, sure. So Rick goes outside. Donna, th- that is the best reason they have to get Donna to go back up to the room is to find a shawl. You can get that later. Like, this isn't for, like, no one. Th- they were basically told, told like, it's, it's it's not like the burn the building's burning down. Nope. People would be running out a lot faster if, if the building was burning down. So you've got other stuff in that room. You're staying overnight. Like, you, I'm, I'm assuming you had... Uh, an overnight bag yeah. that is up there. No one else is grabbing their stuff. Nope. Your stuff is going to be there in the morning. And if it burns down, it burns down. And if it burns down, it's a shawl. <laughs> like, I get there's some sentimentality to it, but it's a shawl. You have nothing else from your mother that you can maybe just 
transfer that sentiment there, there, to? There, you had a whole house full of stuff. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is insane and absurd. And not and not only is it just like oh, there's a lot of commotion. Like there there is an alarm going off. Yep. As they're talking with a with a, someone speaking over, yep. basically saying like this is an emergency. Everyone needs to leave. I'm gonna go get my shawl. Brb. Be back in ten minutes because it takes that long to go up to the room and then come back down. Like <sighs> this was the point where uh, um, yeah, I fully decided that it was the worst movie in the series. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like I was on the edge. I'm like. It could, it could redeem itself. You know, there's still time. Big there's nope. still time. Big nope. <laughs> so Donna's going to go upstairs. Everyone else is going to go outside. So Donna gets up to the suite. Oh, no, it's Mr. Fenton. Rule number one, Donna, you're in a horror movie. Who could have seen that coming? She locks him out of her part of the suite. She closes some doors. He's going to start breaking down the door with a fire extinguisher, so she's going to hide under the bed. And it worked last time. Yeah, and this is a, so I can't remember if we mentioned or not, but like this is a large suite that has yep. multiple beds and yep. bedrooms in it. So like you have like multiple uh, like adjoining doors. Yep, which are lockable. Yes. Because hotels. Yeah. But, you know. So he's going to start breaking down the door and while she's hiding under the bed and he gets in and he starts looking around for her, she finds Claire's body is also under the bed. So she makes a noise. Don't give away your position. Yeah, this is a tough one. It's a tough one, but still. Hey, she has experience with this, so she should be able to keep her, <laughs> her exactly. mouth closed during these situations. Rick ends up telling the cops and Bobby and Ronnie that, hey, Donna went upstairs to get something from her room, by the way, guys. What the hell, Rick? Why didn't you tell me right away? You just came outside of the building, Bobby, you douche. <laughs> you boring asshole. Leave you know, Rick alone. Hashtag Rick did nothing wrong. Okay, Rick did nothing wrong. He's the most likable character in this movie. I'm on Rick's side. Come on. Rick is not a prick. <laughs> Even though everything tells you he should be. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. <laughs> Anybody who finishes this podcast, hashtag Rick did nothing wrong. <laughs> it's like the hashtag walrus yes. Hashtag, walrus, hashtag yes. Rick did nothing wrong. Hashtag Rick yes. Rick yes. <laughs> oh, I lost my spot. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to reply to your tweet, by the way, whenever you tweet this out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to remember when we tweet out this episode of the podcast to put that on there. Hashtag Rick Yash. Hashtag Rick did nothing wrong. Rick did nothing wrong. (laughs) So Fenton ends up finding Donna under the bed, but she seizes the moment and runs out the other side, like we mentioned earlier. She gets out in the hallway and finds the detectives, and so she's safe now. Definitely out of the horror movie. And Wynn is going to go back in and, and try and find... Fenton, but he's gone. He's vanished. Somehow. Somehow. So Nash is going to take uh, Donna and Bobby out of here, back to Aunt and Uncle's place. And you know, Ronnie's like, hey, what happened to Lisa? And no one has any answers, but Claire's dead. Yeah, she just shouts out, just like, Claire's dead. <laughs> and poor Ronnie. He's eventually going to find out Lisa's dead. And the last time we see Ronnie, he's just like in the parking lot crying. <laughs> just not a great story for him, man. <laughs> like, you lived, but damn. He had a real rough go of prom. <laughs> it was not a bad, great prom. No, everything is not all right. <laughs> it's not all right. Uh, Detective Wynn calls on the SWAT team, and they're, what they're going to do is search each room in the hotel, room by room. They cleared everybody else out, they, all the prom people, the guests, and the staff. Definitely, Fenton did not escape amongst that group. <laughs> that would be way too easy. And Nash and... One other cop, they're going to go post up at Aunt Uncle's house outside. Bro, a couple more cops. More than two. Yeah. Once again, I mentioned this like just a few minutes ago. This dude has one motivation. It is to get Donna. Like, yes, search the hotel, but they have a giant team here. A like, huge like, team. Kudos to them. They, they got their backup. They're just putting the backup in the wrong place. Because yep. Fenton's gone. So Fenton put on a hotel, you know, Sims's uniform and went left with all the hotel workers, plain sight. Yep. Yep. That was the risk they ran, doing it the way they, you know, that was going to happen. So that's why you put extra cops at Donna's house. Yep. They put bases. They put 95% of their forces at the hotel. I think it's even more than that. (laughs) I think it might be 98. I didn't count all the guys that were there, but you know, I would have to estimate there was maybe a (laughs) hundred. There was a lot of people at this hotel. And two. Two. Two total at the house. Four. Yeah. Two in the front, two in the back. That's perfect. It has has a front entrance and a back entrance. So put two at each door so they can watch each other's backs. Oh, man. So easy. Not a lot of resources. 
this is when Wynn eventually does find Sims's body, not wearing a uniform. He's like, oh, shit. And so he's going to get in his car and, like, race over to Donna's house and try and call Nash. Like, hey, he's over there. He's on his way. So Nash is going to get up and check, and he's going to see the phone line's been cut. And he's going to get killed, like, immediately after we cut away from him. He and this other cop are both going to get killed off screen. Real two constant vigilance, I guess, for them. And wait for backup. And slash, for backup. slash bring backup in the first place. Yeah. If you had another set of eyes, like, right next to you, this probably wouldn't have happened. So Donna... We get a nightmare sequence for Donna, which is just fucking stupid. They do the classic, oh, he's in the mirror, but it's all a nightmare. Who cares? It's just so stupid. dumb. But what really happens, Donna gets up, gets out of bed. She is going to go take, start taking her medication again. Great. <laughs> Finally. I'm sure that'll kick in in time. But she's going to go lay down, and Bobby's dead. <laughs> Bobby's got his throat cut. <laughs> and And I feel like I need to mention, like... Not only did they go through the dream sequence of like her basically finding uh, Fenton in her bathroom, but then she goes and replays the entire dream step by step. What a stupid move! Final destination style. Final destination style, and like it's like she was trying to make it happen, yep. and it was it was just so stupid. Like that that was a serious play stupid games win stupid yes. prizes. Except she did not win a stupid prize. If you have a dream that has a bad ending and you start it start happening in real life. Just change one thing real quick. You deserve it, then. <laughs> like, you know, final destination rules. Just change one thing. Yeah. It might change everything. Yeah. Maybe look over your shoulder or Maybe something like that. go get a drink of water in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, perfect. Boom. Done. Yeah, just something, something different. Yeah. Instead of the bad thing happening to her, it happened to Bobby. Oh, poor Bobby. I got no rule violations for Bobby. No. He was just being a nice guy. So she's going to hide in the closet because she hears somebody coming. Uh, it's Detective Wynn. <laughs> bomb, bomb. Fenton's in the closet. <laughs> oh, double womp womp. <laughs> and he's going to grab her and put his hand over his, uh, her mouth so she can't say anything. And then uh, Aunt and Uncle scream from downstairs because they found the cop's body. <laughs> so he, Wynn's going to go check that out. What so, a sequence of events here. <laughs> so finally, Donna is going to fight Fenton. She bites him and kicks him. But he's going to stab her to death eventually. He realizes, I think, that she doesn't want to be with him. So he is going to stab her. Yeah, it's kind of like the situation where his giant thinking is, we're going to be together. Yep. We're going to be together forever. Bobby's and then, out of the way now. Yep. There's no reason to not be. Yeah, exactly. So what I assume is that his thinking is, no, we're going to be together forever in death. Oh, yeah, that's one way. Uh, we could we could have had a nice little murder suicide situation going on here. We could have, you know, if she can't, if she's not going to go away, we'll we'll just go away in death. Yeah, great. Um, before he can shoot, uh, stab her to death, wind comes back and then shoots and kills Fenton, which ends the movie. Yeah, that's, that's there's there's no follow up. It's it's just oh man, he got shot like six times or something like that, and almost falls on top of uh, Donna, and she hugs. Detective. Idris Elba, did I forget his name? And uh, he's like, it's all over. Roll credits. Roll credits with the banger of a song. The banger of the song. Uh, I can look up this song because I just want to I want to plug it real quick. Because I actually, I remember when I watched this movie back in like 2008, 2009, whenever I watched this, I hated this movie then. And then I, I heard the song. I'm like, that's a great song. And I downloaded it off iTunes. <laughs> I probably just tried to, you know, LimeWire it. I mean, classic. <laughs> Give my computer every virus known to man. This is the song Paralyzed by Rock Kills Kid. So I still have this song on my iTunes account somewhere. It didn't last very long. They, f- they formed in 2006 and disbanded in 2010. And right in the middle of that run was Prom Night. Yep. So that's a banger of a song. I like that song. It's the best part of this movie. But that is the end of Prom Night, both the movie and the series, for now. For now? And man, I can't wait for the next remake. I mean, it's been 14 years. Yeah. Good God. And that's I mean, and before that, it had been... Ooh, 16 years. All right, two years from now, Prom Night 6. 1992. Prom Night 666. Oh, it's time. Let's do it. Uh, Ryan, you can write it. Hell yeah. Dude, I can write a great Prom Night movie. I'm sure you could, I actually. absolutely could. Uh, let me add it. I can 100% do this. I, I would write the best Prom Night in the series by far. So I have no new rules because this movie no. was stupid. An honorary don't fuck with medication Yeah, don't fuck with medication. Underneath a... Play stupid games when stupid problems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a proper wound management. Wounds can be mental as well. That they can. Proper mental wound management. So let's get into the awards. Sure. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, <laughs> which goes the character who did the best job at following the rules. 
And this is, of course, based on Randy Meacham's Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Coming into this podcast, I was kind of thinking Donna by default, but then I remember the whole fucking shawl thing is so stupid. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's so bad. And yeah, she didn't necessarily know she was in a horror movie, but she knew she was in some sort of movie. Some disaster might be happening. So we're going to go upstairs and get a shawl. So I, I don't think we can give it to Donna. Uh, here's my pitch for you. I want to give it to Richard Fenton because he is so effective as a killer. Uh, and normally I hate doing this. I don't like him to the killers, but the rest of this cast was so bad. And a lot of them didn't know they were in a horror movie, but the ones that did were so bad. The cops were terrible. Big holes in their plan. I, I just, everyone sucked so hard or they were a non-factor. And I, I just admire Fenton, how he was able to kill off so many people in just two hotel rooms, one at a time, very tactically. What do you think? Yeah, this is tough. Cause he was like, he was effective. He was efficient. You know, he he racked up a pretty good body count in this movie. Yep. And for a majority of it, no one knew what was going on. Which, especially like you said, when it was only happening in two rooms, that's that's pretty impressive. There were only two people that really did anything positive, and that was Donna and lead uh, cop guy. Yep. Uh, the detective. Wayne. But they just had so many negatives. As well, that that makes it so difficult. Okay, so I just checked the awards. I've been going through it. And if you go back to the Strangers podcast, we gave the Randy Smear badge to the three killers and the strangers. So this wouldn't be the first time we've done this. So uh, there, there is precedence for this. So we, we can do this if you're up for it. I just, you know, I, I hate to do it, but everyone else just sucked so hard. And I think a big issue is that so many people, it was just a giant nothing. Yep. Or negative. <laughs> we did it for Don't Breathe as well. We did it for the movie Don't Breathe. We gave it to the killer and Don't Breathe. That's a very... I mean, they're they're two completely different, like, killers. But, like, if you're talking about just, like, kind of, like, the effectiveness side yep. of it, like, that does make sense. Another kind of point in his direction is the way that the movie just felt. Uh, it felt like so much of it was from his perspective. Yep. Uh, and such a big focus on him. It almost seemed like he was the main character yep. for, for a point in time. Yeah. 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 There's just no one else. There's no one else. If there was anyone else, I would feel comfortable giving it to you. I would, but I can't. And there's not even like a throwaway no, either. No, I was looking for that so hard. I'm like, where's the neighbor from Halloween? This, It's not here. No. No one just gets out. You can't even give it to like the uh, like front desk attendant because he. it's not like he leaves. Yep. He recognizes that yeah, stuff is going on. Yep. And it's just like, eh, I'm going to stay here. And then we also have uh, Fenton escaping dressed as a hotel worker. That was clever. Mm-hmm. He's just so clever. He's clever. Any uh, other side characters like Ronnie or whatever Chrissy's boyfriend's name is, like, they basically just are, like, they're, they're just there. Yeah. They don't get out either. They just kind of react and follow people's orders and just kind of stand there. This is almost like giving an N.A. to our, her- our you know, survivor characters. It's like none of you were good enough to win this award, so we're giving it to the fucking killer. Feel good with yourselves. So this is, when we do give it to the killer for this award, this is almost a condemnation of all of our survivor characters. None of you are good enough. You, I win you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. Uh, so, Mr. Richard Fenton? Richard Fenton. So Richard Fenton is the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Congratulations. Congratulations. Shame on the rest of you. And if no one has, like... If, if you haven't seen this movie, like like we said, don't go watch it. Yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> um, but to just give a nice little picture, like, all of his kills were so just efficient by him just taking his knife and just stab, 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 stab. At essentially that speed and for that duration. Yep. Like, that's a, that's as long as any of them lasted. No one really had a chance to fight back against him. As soon as he was within stabbing range, it was basically over with the exception of being Donna. He hid in the shadows. Yeah, and... he waited for the opportune moment. It was it very felt like um like a Far Cry 3 if you're playing like stealth mode, mm-hmm. where you're just like waiting for the opportunity to take down everybody without getting caught, without setting off any alarms. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. So, Richard Fenton, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, and might I mention, the, the acting when everyone died... For like the first like five people, terrible. <laughs> yeah, all of them were basically the same of just going ah. Yeah. No one like it. No one sounded like they were like screaming in pain. It was more just like ah, surprised. Ah. Oh no, you got me. <laughs> Boo, <laughs> you silly goose. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to Night of the Living Pleb, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. Take your pick. This is, of course based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! 
You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm leaning towards Lisa because 0%. Yeah, I mean, we we have a decent amount of dishonorable mentions yeah. here. The cops, yeah, the cop the cops were pretty bad. Donna, Donna was pretty bad. Also, a dishonorable mention to the aunt and uncle for not acting enough to protect Donna. I think, even when she got back to the house, like, yeah, maybe everyone just hang out and watch a movie sure. or something in the living room something together. Spooky, probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, and the uh, people at the psychiatric facility who let Fenton escape to begin with. Yeah, uh, yep. dishonorable mention to them. But Lisa, literally nothing right, and she had multiple moves. Yeah, the it's really the bottom fell out for her, yeah. like, all the way down. So bad. Just horrendous, horrendous run for Lisa. Uh, Giving away her position. Not wearing sensible footwear. Not yeah. communicating effectively. Just, just splitting up. She, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. She could have lived. She could have lived. Easy. Easy. Or, or at least put up a fight. Put up a fight, yep. And saved other lives. All right, Lisa is the winner of the Night of the Living Pleb Award, but she's not a living pleb. Josh, we did it. We're done with Prom Night. Uh, this we last made one it. was brutal, man. So that's going off the wheel until Prom Night 6 is written by me. 666. Prom Night 666. So that brings us to the wheel of spooks. Well, I guess, first of all, you get to reserve something. Ew. So uh, we're done with you. If you made it through the Prom Night series, you get to reserve something for I yourself. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, you did. Even though... Yeah, I think you got to be pretty impressed how well this turned out for you in general. Like, the four you weren't expecting you were dreading were all all right. The four that I didn't know existed. Yep. <laughs> that I was blindsided by, you know, were all, I think, as we said in the last podcast, all all right movies. Yep. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Glad I saw them, I guess. They were fun. Sure. So what are you what are you going to reserve for yourself? So I like to usually choose movies that I've never seen before uh, because otherwise I'd run into situations like Prom Night where I just pick a random movie that I'd seen in the past and then there's five others associated with it. LOL. So I'm going to go with one that I've never seen before. I know a couple of like good memorable like quotes from it that I think people say is a little bit more iconic and I should have watched by now. And that is American Psycho. Ooh, all right. All right, that's locked in. You have American Psycho. So here's the good news. Good old Christian Bale. American Psycho 1 is fucking awesome. Here's the bad news. American Psycho 2 is a horrendous piece of trash. Oh. <laughs> uh, Mila Kunis, who's the lead of American Psycho 2, says, this movie sucks. So you know you're in for a good time. How, how long after it was it? It's like it's just two years. But what's hilarious about American Psycho 2 is they made the movie, and it was not an American Psycho movie. It was just a movie, just like a thriller slash horror movie. And then retroactively, they added like a scene and some dialogue to make it an American Psycho sequel. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, we'll just add in one scene. And Mila Kunis was like, what? I didn't make American Psycho 2. I was in a different movie. And I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> and they turned it into American Psycho 2. <laughs> it is a horrendously bad movie. Oh no. But American Psycho 1 is so good that it might be worth it. Might be worth it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard good things. It, it's it is a great movie. I love American Psycho. Christian Bale, man, he's wonderful in the movie. Because it is a horror movie, right? It's not just yes. like a. It's like a psychological thriller? horror. Com- okay. It's like a psychological horror slash black comedy. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say I, I almost more of emphasis on the black comedy than the horror parts. Like there's there's kills, people die, but it's it's a black comedy. Sounds like my type of movie. I think you'll like it. I think you will. It's a, it's a great movie. It's got Willem Dafoe in it. Yeah, it's great. Cool. So American Psycho has been locked in into the waiting room. So that brings us to the wheel. So Prom Night's gone. Going in its place would be shown to the corner 11, which has not come out yet. But I, I've heard a rumor it's coming out this fall. A uh, news report like two weeks ago saying it might be coming out this fall, maybe around Halloween. Make Derek watch it in theaters. Yeah. I don't think it's going to theaters. Oh, no. <laughs> Unlikely. Yeah. Straight to Quibi. Oh, rest in peace, Quibi. <laughs> Uh, so what is going on instead is A Quiet Place, which is also a Derek movie. Um, so Derek reserved A Quiet Place 1. Jordan Snyder was a huge douche and reserved A Quiet Place 2. <laughs> um, what, so what we're going to do for A Quiet Place 2 is it will be Derek and Jordan oh. for A Quiet Place 2. Uh, I'm not going to kick Derek off. Um, That's hilarious. But Jordan just like latched himself on to the A Quiet Place 2 podcast. And going to reserve A Quiet Place 2. And it was before the movie had even come out. Like It, it was like a couple months before it came out in theaters. And Jordan's like, I'm going to reserve A Quiet Place 2. And I'm like, that was a dick move. <laughs> And that's the only reason why he did it. Yeah, too. 100%. <laughs> God, I should do that. <laughs> so here's what's on the wheel today. We got Scream 2022, It 2017, A Quiet Place, Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, Call to Chucky, Psycho, 
Scream Season 1, Episode 8, Ghosts, and Ghostbusters 2. Ooh. So those are our eight movies. Josh, go ahead and spin the wheel. All right. Oh, no. We got Scream Season 1, Episode 8. Oh, my gosh. Ghosts. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do another episode of the Scream TV show, which is everyone's favorite, I know. Uh, so that's what's coming up next. We'll bring back Jake with coolness to suffer some more. I, I don't remember this episode like at all. Oh, that's remember. a good sign. I, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember almost anything about this episode. Man, you just brought the stupid ass wheel back out from vacation and it just goes right back to the TV more show. Scream, so. How? Uh, once we get through this, there are only two episodes left of the first season. So we're, we're getting along. And then you're going to take a break, right? No, then season two goes on there. <laughs> Then we got to get season two, which is better than season one, and then season three, which is worse than season one. But at least it's quick. Season three is only six episodes. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, we'll get through the show. Get that thing out of here. Get that out of here, and we'll put a different TV show in there. Uh, All right, Josh, you want to plug anything? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at jwessler, J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. That is also my username for my Letterboxd account, which I do put these stupid-ass movies on. so And you can go see my reviews of things like uh, Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> Oof. Uh, what was worse, Jurassic World Dominion or... or no, I guess Josh, what is the worst movie, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or Prom Night 5? Ooh. Ratings-wise, uh, it was a tie. Yep. Um, Same for me. They both uh, they both got a 3 out of 10. Well, got twos uh, for me. A.K.A. 1.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Hmm. They're so different. Yeah. <laughs> One's that's... just boring. The other's stupid. <laughs> uh, they're both stupid. They're, all, they're both pretty stupid. You know, just because I am a sucker for dumb, stupid, like, action movies, I'm going to say that that was better. Fallen Jurassic... Kingdom. Yep. I would, I would agree. Marginally. Fallen Kingdom is marginally better. Marginally. <laughs> At least there was some direction in Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> There's direction in this. It was just... One straight path. <laughs> One straight path to nowhere. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at how to horror and you can follow that's how the number two horror you can follow us on letterbox as well where i will be throwing in prom night into the ranking every single movie we've ever covered on uh, the podcast list on the josh wessler list and the brand new ranking the prom night movies list oh great so i have a whole bunch of new content for you shortly uh josh thanks for doing this thanks for suffering alongside me thanks for having me i have been enlightened (laughs) you've been something or another Uh, anything else? No, I'm good. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.